Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. As you said, I was looking forward to this all week. Um, so I, I grew up in Pineville, Louisiana, Warville. Uh, family, most of my family was from Dorita, Louisiana. That's, I didn't live there, I wasn't raised there, but it just always felt like home. It's a small country town, kind of like what I live in right now. But Palmville, Warville was like, uh, it was a twin city with Alexandria. And it was basically a hood, you know, and I had to learn quick. Either you, you know, you become an alpha male, you, you let motherfuckers like talk to you crazy, and you walk around with no respect. I don't, I can't even remember what triggered it. Or you become the guy who nobody wants to mess with. Not necessarily meaning you go around, fight everybody, or, you know, trying to prove a point, but you just show you stand your ground. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where, that's where I was from. And that's where I was raised. I moved to Houston uh, right after graduating high school. Now Houston, that feels like home to me. I would rather be in no place but Houston. I'll go visit Louisiana, but Houston is home. Houston's home. Okay. Right. Yeah. I guess you could say, I, I'm not even going to say I guess. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I hate to say it, 90% of you know African-Americans grow up that way to where it's a dysfunctional family where the father's not there, the mother's not there. Um, but growing up for me, my father, he couldn't physically be present until I turned about 14. He was in prison from the age of maybe four to 14. <clears throat> so the time I did see him, I would go visit him in prison. And um, crazy thing is, even when he was locked up, I, I always felt connected to my pops. It was like, I could feel him no matter where I was. Um, my mother, she was like, she was, um, she lived in a women's shelter. She lived in a women's shelter till I was about age 11, 10 or 11. Uh, I lived with my grandmother in the meantime. Uh, my grandmother on my father's side, she was taking care of myself, uh, my uncle, and also my pops, helping him get what he needed while he was in prison. Uh, my grandmother, she was, she was a janitor. She worked at a group home, and you know she would do some illegal stuff, you know, sell drugs here and there, some marijuana, nothing, nothing crazy on the deep end, but sell weed here and there, just to make ends meet. Um, but for me, in that younger age, my uncle was kind of the person to teach me or give me a gift to keep me away from the streets or making the same decisions that they did by giving me a basketball. I was maybe five years old. He gave me a basketball, told me stand here, dribble side to side. I fell in love with it. I would play basketball from like 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. I wake up, get my basketball. We were so poor, I was wearing old pair of my mother tennis shoes. I would grab her tennis shoes, a pair of jeans that was probably too small in the basketball and dribble all day from morning to night. And uh, that really led my childhood. So at that point I was like, okay, I really got to do something different. I'm not going to be like these guys. So I would purposely, when I say I had a strong Louisiana accent, 
and it was very hood, you probably couldn't understand much of what I was saying. I made a decision that I was going to one, be the person that I was looking for my whole life that I only saw on TV. Like I had no role models, none that I wanted to be like the Denzel Washington, the men, the black men who were professional, had a healthy marriage, treated their families right, good financial situation. I never, I hadn't seen that. So I decided I was going to make myself that. I, I didn't know what it looked like. The only person I saw was Chris Paul. He had a decent haircut. He spoke proper. <laughs> and he he dealt with people well. I'll be honest, that was the first, yeah. the first person. So I was like, okay, first thing I need to do is stop getting tattoos. My first tattoo I got when I was 13. Stop getting tattoos. Start getting, you know, decent haircuts and be consistent with it. I used to get designs all over my head, a bunch of stuff. So cleaned up my look. I had to Google. When I tell you I was Googling different attires to wear, I would Google what's appropriate to wear to a freaking movie date. What's appropriate to wear on a regular day. I would Google this stuff. I was Googling how a man should treat a woman on a first date. (laughs) How I would would treat a woman on a first date was not what they were saying. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to really create who I was now like intentionally, when I would speak to people, they wouldn't know I was really good. I was having a conversation in my head while they were speaking to me. Like they would be talking to me and I would say, okay, in my head, I would be thinking, okay, when you say this, take your time, pronounce it this way, say it that way, Mm -hmm. as they're talking to me, because I'm teaching myself how to speak, how to speak properly and and creating myself at the same time. Um, But shortly after that, get to college, I get a good rhythm. You know, and my sister was murdered. So then my mom, she had to take care of my ne- my niece and nephews. So initially it it didn't, and I'm being honest with you, it didn't bother me as much because I had been through so much at the time, man. I'm skipping so much stuff. I had been through so much at the time that I was emotionally numb. Like I didn't feel much. Mm. Like I had put this this thing in my mind to where don't allow yourself to stay hurt or sad too long. Like hurry up, brush yourself off so you can move forward because I start learning, you know, through relationships with women and failures or shortcomings, the longer I stay hurt or sad, it's taking time away that I can be making progression. But I, I think for me, you know, from being homeless, from being engaged, cheated on, like I skipped so much, man, but all of this stuff, even the fights I had that I lost, I ain't win every fight. The fights that I lost, the fights that I got jumped, the hood fights, you know, the the small town, Pineville, for me, the good and the bad is my motivation. Because all of those, all of those guys to me played a part in me becoming who I am. But more importantly, it was all done because of ignorance. And they just didn't know better. A heartbreak because it felt like basketball had broke up with me this was my first love at the age of five yeah this like you said this is kind of like most of what you knew just getting handed a, ba- a basketball at such a young age i cried for two days straight and i say cry i would cry fall asleep wake up cry got home i would sleep cry and the first thing i turned to was i kid you not i kid you not i turned to the holy bible i would wake up and i would just read 
because I needed something that was that was much powerful than the moment that I was in mm. to help me get through the moment. So that was the first time like I actually like I was sitting in a chair just like this <laughs> and read, fall asleep crying, reading because I wanted to be better that much that bad. And I, I failed at the first thing I attempted. Mm -hmm. So after that, what really pushed me to answer your question, it, it started with that breakup and it led me to the Bible. The Bible led me to reading. So the first book I had ever read, I can't remember who put it in my hand, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because at that point, I shut the Bible. I was like, you know what? Being rich, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm about to become a millionaire. I said, <laughs> <laughs> A great book too, <laughs> Rich Dad Poor Dad. As yeah, I'm like, book, I'm Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's gonna tell me everything I need to do to become wealthy. I'm gonna do it. So I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I'm like, man, this is being real. I'm reading through. I'm like, man, ain't shit in here telling me what to do to make money because I was missing a bigger picture. I didn't Mindset. realize it until it was over. I'm like, damn, like. It's no formula to just getting money. Like you just have to be a really good person with good qualities. You have to treat people right. You have to be um, respectful to other people. You have to be a good person. It's not something you can't do a job every day and expect to, to be wealthy. You have to work on being a better person. That book led me to um, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. And then that book just said it all. I'm yeah, like, that's a good wow. one. We hmm. I read that one. And then that book, I thought that was like, I was like, okay, that's it. This is it. Yeah, yeah. I learned, I know, I know the steps, I know faith, I know affirmations, I know all of these things. I know all of this. I read the book Laws of Attraction, and I'm like, wow. Okay, understand. This is crazy. So I need to be aware of what I'm thinking and how I'm treating other people because this is a full circle. And then I read It's All in Your Head by Russ. And that was it. I was like, okay, that's it. I get it. I get it. I started learning. Like it was a, it was a, it was levels of spiritual awakening that I learned. I started learning the power of the internal self and instead of external, everything that I see physically. So yeah. So Charlie Mike is is military alphabets, the letter C and M but the letter C and M combined stands for continuing mission. So if you're in like a combat setting, according to military terms, and you tell someone, you know, or a scenario is the, the truck tire catches on flat and you have to get to a location. Well, somebody over the mic will might tell you, okay, leave the truck, Charlie Mike. That means you have to continue this mission. I don't care what happened right now. Mm -hmm. So the brand Charlie Mike stands for continue your mission. So no, it, I'm living the example. I've been living it my whole life and that's why it rung and it hit different when I chose it. Um, everybody can relate to it. If you have a goal set in mind and you're really pursuing it without quitting and you're really trying to make it happen, you're gonna deal with so much shit. You're gonna deal with people who don't believe in you. You're gonna deal with backstabbers. You're gonna deal with bad relationships. You're gonna deal with um, people who claim that they're supporting you and don't. You may have bad, you're going to deal with everything. But until you get to a point where your mind is said like, and this is what my, my mind is, I will die pursuing this shit until it happens. Like I, I really have my mind set on it so much that if I die 
running on a track because I'm pursuing some goal for Charlie Mike, I'm dying on a track, I'm dying happy. Because when I die, I die pursuing my purpose. And that's actually something new I actually been implementing to be a go-giver, to learn to be at service. Like not to be a go-getter, but to be a go-giver. What am wow. I giving other people? Mm, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, what am I giving back? Because I know how the universe works. If I'm not giving it, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Just 100%. like I wanted this. Yeah, I wanted this. I'm just using that example. I wanted this woman. I had to make sure that I was what I was looking for. Because she wants what she's looking for. If I'm not it, I'm not going to attract it. If I'm not yeah. giving it, I'm not going to receive it. The biggest, the biggest, the hardest part is for people to remove their emotions. Because even with feeling, I, when I learned this, man, stuff start clicking. Like I've learned to, when I fail, if someone fails, it's not the actual feeling that keeps them down. It's them when, if it's right when they fail, they make a decision in their mind like, damn, I'm sad because this didn't happen. Versus you catching yourself when you come up short, not feeling. Whoever made the word feeling is an asshole. When you, when you <laughs> feel <laughs> and you come up short, you catch yourself and be like, okay, this was a lesson. What was I supposed to learn? Because obviously I'm not prepared for what I'm asking for. So what in this area did I come up short of? And removing what you're doing at that point is you're taking your emotions before your emotions take you. And then you're able to adjust and move forward. If people understood how to remove their emotions from certain things, they would move forward a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, it starts like with uh with Dylan said, my why. Um for me, my family, I think my family needs to see somebody do it at this level to pull them out of the mentality that they have. That's the first reason. Um, the second reason was to show people what it looks like to be disciplined, not only to God, but to listen to that voice within. Because everybody hears that voice, they hear the good one and they hear the bad one. Which one do you listen to? And I wanna show them what it looks like. I wanna be vulnerable in the process. So in the, the beginning, it was uncomfortable because one, it was new and I was just jumping and starting because I heard a voice telling me. So I wasn't hundred percent sure, but I just stepped out on faith. So now when I do them, it's just like, all right, get some footage. Like the, the last two vlogs were the most comfortable I've been because I didn't really care. I wasn't thinking about it. Like they can receive it however they want to. But when I look back at this stuff, I'm gonna really appreciate this. When they see where I get, where I'm going and they look at it, they're gonna really appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, exactly that. Just, the same thing yeah. with this. Just Just to bring it back to us. Yeah, I mean, like, just in the beginning when we were doing episodes michael it was like we were just so overly critiquing ourselves and like worried about how people would like get this sentence if we said this word wrong or this joke yeah. didn't come across as funny but it's like then we're really not being true and we're not giving a true message out so and you can feel it i would say first man um slow down i would tell myself slow down uh, you have nothing to prove to nobody. I think that was a big thing. The first thing I would tell them, you have nothing to prove to anyone here. You don't have to fight 12 people. You don't have to be hard. Slow down, figure out what you really want in life. 
make a plan, seek mentorship and do it. And then from there, the biggest lesson I learned, um, I would tell them, if you're not feeling these things, then you're not moving in the right direction. If you don't feel discomfort, if you don't feel fear, if you don't feel a tad bit of pain, that means you're moving in the wrong direction. But when you start feeling one of those, that means you're moving in the right direction. Amazing. <laughs> Mic drop. I felt that one. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I, but it's funny you say that because right now, like, when I meditate, I reflect back. Like, it's almost like the kid me is a, a different person. Like, it's some kid I got to protect. And I reflect back. And that's also motivation. And then I visualize future Mike. So it's two different people I'm visualizing. I visualize future Mike. And when I visualize future Mike, and it's like he's telling me, like, hey, man, please don't let me down. Like, please don't. We let go of the mm. basketball dream. I don't need you. Please don't walk away from this. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves. Also, Kung Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out footwork podcast. Search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.